Friday, Internet. Welcome back to the Snakes Cast. I'm Jonathan. I'm Emily. And I'm Steve. Again. Yes, we brought him back. Still Steve. Thanks for coming back, Steve. Steve My pleasure. Forever. It's Dice Week on the Snakes Cast, and today's Friday, and that means we are going to get into some of the weirder stuff that happens with the topic. Uh, one thing that might seem a little puzzling to a lot of folks is why somebody might take a successful game, something that's quite good and quite functional and fun on its own, and decide, you know what we should do with this? We should turn it into a dice game. Because you can. That's why they do it. Because they can. Because it's there. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, obviously, there are financial reasons for this. I mean, if, so, if a game is recognized, if it's branded, then it's more likely to draw people in. But still, though, not all these things have been successful. I mean, you take a look at the Catan dice game, which came out, I think, in 2011. You take a look at the Carcassonne dice game, Alhambra, Ra. These games all took classic European-style strategy games and said, let's just get rid of this other stuff and substitute dice. I didn't even know that there was a Catan dice game. Yeah, it's got the five types of things, like, you know, wood, clay. There's a reason for that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) This is what I'm I'm telling myself. And you need to roll and re-roll them and get the combinations that you need to build stuff, read score points. Sounds super thrilling. (sighs) So thrilling. Do you ever play any of these? Well, uh, I like Bang, the dice game. I think Bang was sort of the turning point. That was kind of when it was. It was what that was twenty fourteen. That one came out something that like that, about right? But uh, the, I think that was when they started to figure out how to make dice game versions of other games, and also like what games to make dice game versions. Yeah, of, you know, like it. It really felt like tan dice game. Like seriously, like raw. Like you're just like taking games and putting dice in them instead. Mm-hmm. You know, there's doesn't seem to be any like forethought or like thinking around it. You need to take a game that has a certain amount of uh, room for chaos Mm -hmm. in order to make it a dice game. And I think that's why Bang works so well, is because the card game is meant to recreate a shootout at the OK Corral kind of Western, (laughs) bang, bang, everyone's dead, people falling off rooftops and into water troughs kind of aesthetic. And... Dice do that really well. Uh, in fact, I think they do it better than the card game does. Uh, and I, I know I don't have any disagreement from uh, people at the table here, but uh, <laughs> people are constantly playing Bang the card game at uh, at Snakes and Lattes, and uh, the dice game is so much better. Infinitely. There's yeah. n- everything the card game does, the dice game I've is better. I've never played Bang the card game because... It, I just, it just, I just never got around to it. And you then shouldn't. Bang the Dice game came out, and someone taunted me. And they're like, "There, yeah, now you never need to play <laughs> Bang ever." The uh, the other thing too is that so often in a game of Bang, you the turn goes like this: I draw two cards, and then not much happens. Every single turn in Bang the Dice game is exciting mm-hmm. because every turn anything could happen. Any result could come up. Yeah. And it has that push your luck element, that Yahtzee style exactly. gameplay that you guys were talking about on Wednesday. Yes, I listen. <laughs> uh, and that that makes everyone else watch your turn unfold. They're invested in it. They're invested. They, they, they want to see whether you go bust, whether you blow up with the dynamite. They Obviously, they're going to be in a situation where at the end of your roll they might be getting shot so they care about that but the the act of you taking your turn is interesting to watch 
if they know that you're gunning for that person two chairs down from you, and they know you're going to take all of those rerolls to get as many twos as you can so you can shoot that person as many times as possible, people are going to be paying attention. Oh, yeah. So other dice game versions of older games that have come out. Let's see what else. Uh, this Elder Sign. I never played that one. It was sort of like an Arkham Horror, you know, mm. Lovecraftian investigations type Yeah, deal. I, I played it once, and it uses a dice that will allow you to generate the clues that you need in order to deal with uh, different monsters and, and other things that are going on in the different locations of the game. Uh, it is much faster than Arkham Horror or Eldritch Horror. Which uh, isn't saying much, but something. <laughs> Uh, and so it, it it's it's a lighter game. It again is that push your luck element because you are rolling and trying to get the things that you need, but you may screw up and uh, and it just doesn't work out so well, and you go a little insane. Like literally, right? Like it's a Lovecraft game. You literally yes. Go oh insane? yes, yes. Okay. Your characters go insane. There's also uh, Pandemic of the Cure, which is one that I like to recommend at the cafe quite a lot. Pandemic is really, really popular, but I'm not a huge fan of it because the way that they lay out that deck of cards ensures that you have a lot of control, a lot of predictability as far as what's going to happen next. It's not 100% accurate, but you can have a pretty clear sense of what's going to happen and when. And to me, that makes the experience a little bit too flat. I had more point, more fun playing um, Flashpoint Fire Rescue, where the spreading fire is not mm. determined by a deck of cards, but by a pair of dice, which will sometimes hate you. Mm-hmm. And As some, dice do. The same space keeps catching fire and, and just exploding again and again and again. And, again. and sometimes they just you know, don't care. So uh, Usually the game is a fair challenge. Sometimes it's a cakewalk, and you can all just high-five each other about how easy that was. And sometimes it's just a nightmare, and you can all commiserate about how awful And I imagine that actually uh, accurately represents what being a firefighter is like. Because on some calls you go out there and it's, oh, we just need to turn off the alarm. It's not a real call. And others, suddenly every firefighter within, you know, a hundred kilometers of where you are has to come in to fight this blaze that is just out of control. And I find that works better in cooperative games than it does in competitive games. In a competitive game, if one person is getting all the luck and the other players are getting none... Eh, you start it, to feel it and it, feel a little bitter. It feels unfair. A little resentful. On the other hand, even if, even if it is unfair in a co-op game, we're all facing that same unfairness together. And that is why I like Pandemic, the cure of the dice game, better than the original Pandemic. Mm-hmm. It brings more chaos to a situation which in the real world would be far more chaotic. And uh, you've got as many rerolls as you want of your own dice for doing mm-hmm. stuff, but... The biohazard. Yeah, you, you, you roll the biohazard symbol and that die is locked down. You can't roll it anymore and it does bad things. Pandemic the Cure is interesting to me because it is arguably like an easier game to understand than... Mm like regular board pandemic and also like quicker to play i mean i don't think i've ever played a game that's lasted longer than a half hour but it's also significantly more difficult to succeed in you totally know? agree like pandemic the board game is it's rarely do people lose on a sort of like either the easy or the like the regular level of yeah. difficulty but pandemic the cure is just it's savage it's rough you know just like i'm not sure i've ever won it i can't remember <laughs> Which might I think we've won. I feel I would have remembered. 
Only if we're on easy level, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, playing it on hard, and anything from medium on up, and that game is going to give you a rough time. So what about games that use dice in other ways than just as dice or games with like custom dice or like wacky shapes and wacky faces like mm-hmm. well there's tons of them they're, oh yeah like they're, they're all over the place they are everywhere um, one that uses dice in an interesting way uh, is Alien Frontiers mm-hmm. right it is a worker placement game but it's also a dice game because your workers are dice and you have to roll them at the start of your turn and so they're they're just standard six sided dice but based on the way the game is designed, uh, what you roll determines what you're allowed to accomplish on any given turn. If you don't get the right numbers, you don't get to do maybe what you wanted to or the best thing for you to do. So you have to decide, well, then what's the best thing I can do that I'm allowed to do? Yeah, there's always something you can do with your dice. And also, here's what I love about Alien Frontiers. They don't give you re-rolls. What they do nope. give you are these alien tech cards, mm-hmm. which you like can use manipulate. to exactly. Yeah. Other dice games that use custom dice. I mean, Bang again uses custom dice. It is it is arrows and targets and bullet holes and, uh, beer. and beer and that sort of thing. Uh, so it's not just about numbers and, and totals of numbers. It's about functionality, and that's the cool thing about custom dice. Is uh, any game with custom dice allows you to do different functions uh, with the game. You're, you're not just looking for points or a score or movement. You you get to do things like, oh, this that result means I can draw a card mm-hmm. or this gives me money or you know th- that sort of thing. A King of Tokyo, mm-hmm. uh, another Yahtzee style in, in the mechanics. It uses custom dice. The sequel, King of New York, uses even more custom mm-hmm. dice. Not that there are more dice, just that the original game has numbers involved on the dice, but they completely forgo numbers in King of uh, New York. So we've got Claw, Heart, Lightning Bolt, Crushed Building, Ouchie Symbol, and skull? Star. Um, uh, yes, yeah, Star yeah. for points. Uh, the There's the, the Skull, which is what activates the monsters and and the army interactions. There's the crushed buildings that let you destroy buildings and get rewards for doing so. And bring uh, in the army. The, yeah. The, the, Inadvertently. The hearts <laughs> that heal you, the claws that damage your opponents, and uh, then the lightning bolts that give you the energy to buy the superpower cards. And I think it's worth mentioning, too, that the size of the dice in King of Tokyo, mm. is those are big. Yeah, they're, they're not huge, like they're they're not like novelty size right. big dice. They're still practical to use, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, they're bigger than your average die. They're bigger than what you find in say um, uh, Memoir Forty Four or Dead of Winter, which are both games that, while not truly speaking dice games, definitely have a, a dice component that's mm-hmm. important to gameplay. Uh, but yeah, they're they're big, they're chunky. Um, and thankfully, they stopped silk screening the dice and actually engraved them. Uh, <laughs> so it doesn't wear off after movies. five plays. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like talking about the sort of like the, the tactile element of dice as like part of the novelty of playing a game, like that's when getting big dice is important, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's so much more fun and like dramatic to roll these like big dice. And, you know, games like Dead of Winter, and I don't know about Memoir 45, I haven't played it, but Dead of Winter, you're rolling your little D6s and they're teeny tiny. They're like maybe like half the size of like a standard D6 you'd find somewhere. But you're rolling more than one of them at a time, which kind of like scratches that itch for like, you know, lots of stuff to do with 
your hands. It's convenient in Dead of Winter, too, because you use those dice to keep track of stuff. Mm-hmm. And just have, being able to move stuff from one place to another, this, the size is good. Yeah, they chose the right size for oh, that absolutely. game. Uh, between just the vast number of dice it has to include uh, and the fact that they have to be functional uh, for players to use. They, they went with, with the right choice. Speaking of function, there's another sort of trick you can use with custom dice to speed up the pace of a game. Best example I can think of is an old game called Mutant Chronicles Siege of the Citadel. Uh, this is a game where you roll dice to see if uh, you hit or miss in a fight. And uh, these dice don't have numbers on them. They just have blank sides and explosions. So it's either a blast or a blank. The white dice have two blasts and four blanks. At first, you're rolling the white dice. Mm. So you roll four white dice, you're probably going to get one, maybe two hits if you're lucky. By the time you get a little bit more powerful, you start rolling the red dice, which has th- have three blanks and three blasts. So you get a 50-50 shot with each of these things. And then, once you get even further along, you're rolling the black dice, which have four blasts and two blanks. So you're more likely than not to hit with these. And the thing about this is that because this game is a very fast action, uh, you know, violence, you know, blowing up and, and aliens with great big guns type of thing, the fact that you can roll those dice and instantly tell what that is you know no adding mm-hmm. up dots it's just you can it's right there that does a lot to sort of uh, support the pace and feel of the game while still allowing a fair bit of versatility another game that uses a similar sort of trick is the birth of america trilogy this is academy games they did uh, the war of 1812 sorry 1812 the invasion of canada and 1775 the american revolution mm-hmm. these games sound dry as dust but i'll tell you what rolling the dice in those games is great and here's why there's only three symbols there's a little bullseye that means you've got to kill there's a figure of somebody running as fast as they can that means one of your own people ran away and then there's a blank that's a command decision you can do nothing or you can redeploy somebody to another place every single die in the game has only these three symbols on them but the militias basically untrained boys carrying muskets they get two run away two command decision and two bullseye the British regulars, the Redcoats, the most disciplined army on planet Earth, gets three bullseyes and three command decisions and no running away. Redcoats don't retreat. It's it's genius. Mm-hmm. You can And that's that's one of the great things about games that use custom dice mm-hmm. is that the dice can be different. Not just different from dice in another game, but they can be different from each other. Uh, a really simple dice game that uh, I think you guys mentioned uh, on Wednesday, Zombie Dice. Mm-hmm. The dice come in three different difficulty levels, and but because they all feel the same and they're the same size, the fact that you're drawing them randomly from the cup, you don't know whether you're getting the good dice or the evil they're going to punish you dice. Uh, and so, you know, that's a neat thing that dice can do. Yeah, I mean, it really does seem that they're just, like, infinitely customizable, right? Ooh, like, ooh. like from literally to, like, size, like, from each other. Jonathan's getting up to grab something that I think is, like, relevant. You want to see infinitely customizable? Now dump them all on the table, all at once. Ah, yes. Dice Masters. There's so many dice. Game Try to Eric describe Lund. the candy that is present here. So, uh, Jonathan has pulled out a, a Plano box that is... 30, 30 cube? 30, 30 like different cubbies of tons of different 
dice from the Dice Masters set, and they have... But there's more than 30 <laughs> different kinds of dice. Some oh, cubbies yeah. have two different kinds of dice in them, too. And, and each one has six different sides, and they can be all sorts of different symbols. There are Cyclops sunglasses, there are hammers and sickles, there, there are, are explosions and skulls, lightning bolts. lightning bolts, masks, the Spider-Man spiders. symbol, so clearly this, this is the Marvel Dice Masters set. This looks like um, Wolverine. That's totally Wolverine, the three claws, the three it? slashes. The dice. Oh no, that's Hawkeye. Okay, so <laughs> Hawkeye. So and the, the presumably dice Wolverine somewhere represent different characters, and they do that by not only the symbols that appear on them, but I'm also going to guess by the functionality of those dice. They're designed. Correct me if I'm wrong, Jonathan. Uh-huh. But they're designed to sort of represent the mentality and abilities of the character that they are for. Exactly. You take a look at the dice for Venom, who's a very unstable character. They're the sort of liquidy black swirly thing with uh, with white text on them and um, and they all and they, they produce a wide and kind of dangerous array of stats on them and on the other hand you look at somebody like uh, Mystique you know she's got the sort of swirly uh, blue and red thing going on and very low numbers by herself but she can turn into other people because of course she can mm-hmm. uh, it's it's the, the, um, the amount of stuff that you can do with dice is nearly limitless and it's kind of amazing to see how far you can go from snakes and ladders to something like this. And that's it for this episode of the Snakes Cast. We hope you've enjoyed this week's foray into dice games. And we hope that you've enjoyed having Steve with us. I had fun. You can get in touch with us at podcast at snakesandlattes.com or if you'd like to let us know what you think or if you've got a topic you'd like us to explore. The Snakes Cast is produced by Dax Audio and music is provided by Ben Sound. Tune in next week when we'll talk about the monolith of board gaming that is Ticket to Ride. Trains, 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 trains. The opinions expressed in the Snakes Cast belong to us and nobody else's. See you next week, everyone.